Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Sean, hey, what's up? Uh, I'm uh, I'm finding it hard to keep my office clean for these video uh, clips that we <laughs> that we do. Yeah, why is that? What, what, well, what do you normally I, have? Oh, there's a whole bunch of stuff piled, but it's like just off the camera, so I have to like right. shove it all to one side back from from some travel travels some yeah. trips and travels put together so trying to you know unpack uh do the laundry get uh, my work done it's it's a whole scene man a lot going on lots going on lots yeah. going on that's for sure yeah, yeah. i focus on my background too and uh, i'm very proud that uh if you've I, I, the new edition i will put a clip up from this episode if you want to see but i have a my great uh, Lucille Ball cigarette advertisement that I've added to my wall, sort of just over my left shoulder, uh, which I yes, very much enjoy excellent. using uh, <laughs> for that. I have two different backdrops, depending on which side of the table I'm on for meetings and the other podcasts and this one. You know, it just really depends on how I'm feeling, but I think I've kind of figured it out. Yeah, that's uh, nice to have figured out. I've got <laughs> sort of these uh, curling posters yeah. that you, that you uh, got for me. Yeah. Um. I got you know a suit and a sweater hanging up there. So you know, lots uh, lots going on. Lots yeah. Going on. Only took two and a half years, or however the hell long it's been, to figure out meeting background. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We there made, you go. We made it. Uh, we made it. Uh, so let's get into uh, the the goings on this week from the world of curling. Before we get into the bulk of what our episode is going to be, the season I'm calling the season over, Scott finally over we made it the 2021-2022 season is done the world junior curling championships took place over in Jönköping i believe back in sweden is that right scott it's uh it's pronounced jönköping oh excuse me and uh i think that's where it was yeah or was it okay. in finland no it was in it was in yes. jönköping yes you're right no sorry yes it was in loha finland you're right finland yeah yeah, something else was in Jönköping. Maybe it was the, the seniors, maybe. No, this was not World Curling Junior. Oh. Yeah, World Junior Curling Championship in uh, Sweden. Yeah, so just wrapped up on the twenty second, and a congratulations go out on the men's side. We have Scotland winning the World Championship. They take the final seven to one over Germany. Excuse me. And on the bronze medal side, Canada with a 13 to 4 victory over the Norwegians. So, congratulations to the medalists there. Over on the women's side, somewhat of a historic moment, Scott, as Japan captures their first ever world championship on the women's side, beating Sweden 7 to 4 in the final. The Americans take home the bronze. With a ten to six win again over the Norwegians, a tough, uh, tough playoff run for the Norwegians there uh, in yeah. the World Juniors. But hey, they made the playoffs, so uh, congratulations to them for that. Uh, so 
always a fun event at the juniors. I was a little disconnected from it this year, I have to say, because of just when it was in the calendar, when they had to reschedule it, it's not in its normal time. It's hard to really follow closely in May for me, at least. So I'll just say that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're probably speaking for everybody when it comes to us say, saying that, uh, oh boy, that it's May. We're still talking about curling. It's getting hot. I've had my air conditioner on, Sean. Yes. As I try to plug my computer back in. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, lots, uh, lots to follow and, and honestly, probably like a little too late into the season. But congratulations to those medalists. A point of interest here for Canada, something that I don't know if this has ever happened on any level before. Maybe it has. But on the women's side, Canada goes three and six and finishes in a three-way tie for seventh place with Scotland and Korea. Denmark finished last in the round robin at one and eight. But because of a little quirk this year, There are four teams that are being relegated down to the B because next year's World Junior Curling Championship is taking place in Germany. The German women did not qualify for this year's event. As a result, instead of the normal three teams going down to B, four teams went down to B, which meant nobody lost out on tiebreakers or draw to the button or anything like that. But the Canadian women next year will now have to go through the B event to qualify for the World Junior Curling Championship. Somewhat fortuitous, I suppose, that Curling Canada has changed the timing of the juniors because the team that just won will now get to go and play in that B event, whereas in the past when you had the World Juniors in January going right to the World Junior Curling Championship, that might have been an interesting decision on who you send. So this year, Mm -hmm. you don't really have that issue. And maybe that is part of potentially the thinking that Curling Canada had, even though it wasn't said as much in the announcement when they moved the uh, Canadian Junior Curling Championship to the spring. So uh, kind of an interesting note there, Scott. I think that's that's maybe a little generous in your interpretation. Like, I don't don't think Curling Canada ever thought that they would get relegated to the B pool. No, no, I probably not. No. So saying that uh, this was part of their master plan, uh, yeah. that's pretty generous. That's pretty But it, generous. it works out that there's really no question now who's going to that event. Right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that means an extra step next year for the gold medalist of Taylor Stevens and her team that just won that Canadian Junior Championship not that long ago, at some point in April. So... Uh, you know, another chance to wear the uh, wear the maple leaf at an event. Hopefully for them that they'll get to go to two events. Yeah, that'd be good. And and this is not to be critical of Isabel Ladouceur and her team. This is a good field, right? Go three and six. From all accounts, they lost a couple of really close games. Sort of nip and tuck could have gone anyway. It's just sort of the way it falls. And mm-hmm. you know, as we say, the other teams. I guess I, you know normally I would say you know the other team drives nice cars when we're talking about pro sports, but. One, these are juniors, uh, so maybe they don't drive nice cars. I don't know. The other team has nice brooms, too. You know, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, so that's a little wrap on the World Junior Curling Championship. Uh, now that the season is done, 
we find we feel like we've said that like the past four weeks this season is done but we are fully into the summer schedule now one of my favorite times of the year when we get to talk about some different things and we're going to start off this week talking about the grand slam of curling scott this event or this series of events has been around a while and i feel like it suffers from sameness that each one is the same. I don't really know what mm-hmm. differentiates one from the other. So I've gone through and I've come up with what I think are interesting ways to distinguish the events, give them each their own identity that goes well beyond the logos or the colors, or in some cases, even just the the way in which you select the teams. So I have some ideas here yes. that I want to run past you. I'm excited. All right. Now, Scott, before we get into it, do you agree with me that the Grand Slams could use some adjustments to make them more interesting? For the fans, yes. Uh, I think for the players, these are big cash events. That That's it. They're basically cash events. You go and try to make your money back, and then this is where you earn your big paydays throughout the, the year. So from the player's perspective, I don't think anything needs to change. They're probably happy with, you know, if we get two wins, we'll uh, make some money and go home happy. But from the perspective of somebody watching these events and say me saying like, why am I going to watch this mm-hmm. when it all looks the same as anything else on TV, then yeah, it, it, it definitely needs to change because you, I don't know which one's which when they're playing it even, right? right. You know, uh, Maybe you'll talk about this, but uh, when when you're watching a golf tournament, you know which one is the Masters because yeah. of the way it looks on TV. So it, there's there's definitely a sameness to these events, and I'm excited to hear some of your ideas. Yeah, and, and I feel this way. Like when you look at the golf majors, that yeah, the Masters, you're at Augusta, it has that feel to it. The British Open, usually on a links course, usually you get wild that wild weather where you have guys who are sweating because it's 40 degrees at one point and then 40 minutes later they're in their toques and stuff because it's raining and windy Uh, and then you have the u.s open which is billed as like the toughest one and then you have the pga which is i think to me it's marked by the fact that you get like those those club pros that are there and sort of has a different vibe to it but it's certainly the lesser of all of them and then even on the, the tennis side you have the surfaces Right. So Wimbledon's on grass. The French Open is on clay. And the two that are on hard court, you have the New York one that has that real New York vibe. You get those late night matches at yeah. like 2 a.m., people screaming. And then the Australian Open is really just a test to see who will not die from heat exhaustion. And whoever doesn't really gets to lift the trophy is kind of how that one works. But they all yeah, do have exactly. their own specific identity to them. What that the, the Grand slams here don't. And part of that is just the reality of the surface, right? Golf, you can go to different courses. Tennis, you can play on the different surfaces. Curling is a curling cheese, right? There's not really so much you can do to change that up. So there's other things you have to do. But Scott, you mentioned when these things happen. So I want to ask you two questions. This was a game that somebody played with, with me. Can you name first the title sponsor for each event and second put the events in order on the calendar yeah yes i think i can let's right. try okay go are ahead. we just doing the are we doing the four major ones or the seven well there's only six now 
Oh yeah, six. So the first, the, I'll, I'll say, fine then. The elite ten done, gone. Yes. Okay. So to start the schedule, yeah, we're going to have the boost national. You are correct. Next year will be October fourth to the ninth in North Bay, Ontario, at the Gardens. At the Gardens. So the boost national. Follow that up with the Masters. No, and I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That is incorrect. I'm already out. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just see if I can name all name them all. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So, so I've got Boost National. Yeah. I've got uh, a Masters one. I don't know the sponsor right away. The it's it's not called the Canada Cup anymore, right? It's called the it was never Challenge Cup. It was never called the Canada Cup. Oh, the Canada Cup is a curling Canada event. Oh, all right. The Canadian, the Canadian Open, is not Correct. called the Canadian Open anymore. Correct. And uh, who sponsors that one? Is that some kind of agriculture? It's uh, Meridian. Yeah, yeah. They make silos, grain silos. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I've named three. Yeah, and I'll and I'll uh, say too, there is no title sponsor for the Masters. It's just the Masters. So you didn't miss anything. Oh, oh okay. There is no. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good, good, good. Uh, so then you've got the Champions Cup. Correct. It's the last one. I believe used to be sponsored used to be sponsored by Humpties, but I don't think it is anymore. It is not. But yes, you are correct. It used to be. It used to be. It's now sponsored by Coyote Tractor. Ah, the Coyote Tractor. Yeah. One. And then uh, the... the ch- so wait, I talked about the Champions Cup and then the Players' Championship. Yep. Which is sponsored by... Uh, it's a pretty common one in curling right now. With a lot Tim of teams. Hortons. <laughs> no, a lot of teams uh, have this logo on them. A lot of teams? Yeah. Oh, boy. Is it Goldline? No, it is uh, Princess Auto. Uh, Princess Auto. That that was going to be the one I guessed for the, the other event that I don't remember. <laughs> The other event that you don't remember is the Tour Challenge with the a new challenge. title sponsored. It's the Hearing Life Tour Challenge. And just to go in order, it goes National, Tour Challenge, Masters, Open, Players' Championship, Champions Cup. So, the, And the first three are before Christmas, yeah? Yeah, so it goes the National this year from the 4th to the 9th, and then... Just over, so what, nine days later, the Tour Challenge starts the 18th of the 23rd of October. And then the Masters, right after the Canada Cup, it will be played in Oakville, Ontario from December 6th to the 11th. And then January 10 to 15, 2023, out in Camrose is the Open. And then the Players' Championship, as always, at the Madame Athletic Centre in Toronto from April 11 to the 16th. And May 2nd to 7th. May God have mercy on our souls. The Champions Cup uh, will take place out in Regina. Again into May. Wow. Again into May, yeah. So there you have that. That's the schedule for next year. So, Scott, I've gone through, and I'm leaning into the names that the Grand Slam has given to these events to come up with ways to alter them a little bit. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. It was what I've done here. So... Let's go in order. 
of the events taking place. So let's start with the Boost National. So Scott, I want to lean in to the idea of the national. And part of this is taking a little bit from that World Cup that we used to have, but making it a little bit, I think, better. And allowing for different disciplines into the Grand Slam series. Mm. So what we're going to do here is it's kind of like a Ryder Cup-ish situation where each country is represented by a men's team, a women's team, a mixed doubles team, and a wheelchair team. So each of the Olympic Paralympic disciplines and we mm-hmm. do head-to-head matchups. So the men's team plays the men's teams, the women's play, plays the women's teams, and so on and so forth. And there's four sheets on the ice. So this matchup is taking place across four games in one draw. So like the draw is mm-hmm. Canada against the United States. And then all four of the yeah. disciplines are on the sheet at once. One point okay. for the win and if there is a tie, so if the teams go two and two against each other, the tie break is going to be the total number of points, the point differential. Ooh. Yes. So what we would do here is we would take the uh, aggregate national rankings for each of the disciplines and come up with the top 10 countries. And okay. the invite would go to the top ranked team in that country on the world rankings. So no governing bodies are involved in this. This is pure invite by the Grand Slam, but that's the selection process. So whoever's ranked number one in Canada right now in these disciplines, that's who gets invited. And Mm. those are the teams that come in. We have, uh, so with 10 countries, each team will play four matchups starting Tuesday. You play one matchup a day. You need five. You can do five draws, I think, if you start early enough, stay late enough. Then you can do five draws a day if you work it out. You can start Monday if you needed to, but I don't think you do. And therefore, you have your matchups, and then it takes you into uh, the playoffs, which works the exact same way. Whereas this, though, you have just semifinals and finals. Okay. Okay. So, so if every draw is one match... Mm-hmm. You say if you start Tuesday morning, yeah, you can fit all of these in to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then semifinal. No, you don't need you don't need Saturday if you do five draws a day. If you if you're only going to do four draws a day, then yeah, you do need Saturday potentially. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you only have a semifinal and a final, that works. uh, I think that works to to do it on Saturday. Plus, we haven't seen Sportsnet televise anything until Thursday anyway. Yeah. yeah. And and I think one of the pushbacks that you get potentially is, well, all right, this event is going to take place in Canada. Will people come out and watch, be interested in a matchup that is Switzerland against Japan? And my argument back would be, well, I've been told for the last five years that you can't sell events without those teams. So yeah, you can, right? Like one of the criticisms from a lot of folks about, or one, well, for one particular person about the Canadian national championships is, well, how do you market them without 
the international teams. That's what's great about the slams. Well, if that's true, then you can market these events around the national, the, the, the nationness of each of the, these teams and have that representation mean something uh, and market it around that. Because this would be a truly unique thing. We don't have this where all the disciplines are working together and create that team feel, especially early in the season. I think there's mm-hmm. some value to it. It's very different to this particular format would be very different from the Continental Cup as well. So I, I kind of like the idea of it and would like to see how it would work. Yeah. And, and so, so when you play your match, mm-hmm. is it going to be aggregate score or is it going to be one point per? Yeah. So uh, one point game. per win. One, each game is worth a point. Uh, so it's basically four. And then if it's tied to two, then it goes to the aggregate. You can also maybe have ties, but that's less fun. I like just go to the aggregate. Yeah. Go to the aggregate. I, I kind of like the idea of an aggregate where is incentive to stay in the game, even if you're really destroying someone's yeah soul, I guess. <laughs> just taking their soul right out of their body. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And so therefore the winner wouldn't be a team. It would be a country wins the national yeah i i kind of like that i kind of like that all right so that's my idea for the national again leaning into the name that has been assigned to it yes that that's the name let's you know lean into it i like that yeah all right uh, next up on the schedule is of course the masters now scott the masters in golf is the most prestigious event I would argue, therefore, in curling, it should be the toughest event to win. So what I would do with the Masters is I would say that you get the top eight teams in the world, men's and women's, based on the rankings. Those are your invites, eight teams. It is a full seven-game round robin. I would end it there. I know Sportsnet would go for that, so I want to be as realistic as possible. So Mm -hmm. only two teams make the final. So the round robin goes through Saturday night, and then you have your finals on Sunday. No other playoffs. Make it the toughest event to win. Only the best teams. Full round robin. Two teams to the final. I think that makes it the most difficult event. I think that even certainly because it would have the international teams, it makes it harder than a world championship. It makes it harder than the Canada Cup. Uh, This becomes, to me, the premier event because it is really only the best of the best. I like it, Sean. Is there any way to extend it to 10 teams? Um, just because yeah. right now you're you're getting 15 teams, men's and women's, into these events. I can see pushback from the players saying, hey, what the heck, uh, you're cutting half the spots for this event. Uh, is there any way in the schedule to push it to 10? And still do a full round robin. I no, like the full round round. I don't think you can. I don't think you can. Uh, not based on how they currently schedule things. With so you need nine draws. So you need eighteen total draws. Uh, that's going to be more than what they currently allot for. So I know I'm taking away yeah. playoff draws on Saturday, but I think that'd be a little much. I mean, you could, but one of the things I, I know the players won't like it. But one of the reasons I don't want to go to ten either is that. I think eight, eight to me is the good number of like, you've got to be really good. It's only the best who are here. And if you're in ninth place in the world rankings, well, that's too bad. Like this is the best of the best. Can I, can I then say that 
if you really want to make it the best of the best, make it 10 teams and make it a full round Robin and that's it. No championship game. Well, Sportsnet wouldn't do that. Well, I'm saying the players wouldn't go for the other. So like if you, if you can invoke no. Sportsnet won't do that. Well, Sportsnet owns it. The players don't own it. Where the players going to buy it? Like the top eight are not going to go because the ninth and 10th place teams aren't there. No, but, but I'm saying like, at 10, I think, is the right number. I think 8 is a little not enough. Okay. It's a little too few. Right, let's go to 9. I'll give you 9. <laughs> All right. 8-game <laughs> round, Robin. I'll give you that. Uh, Good. But yeah, like, but I, I really want to keep this re- as the hardest event to win. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think it should be the hardest event to win. Yeah. Uh, and most of the time, it is the hardest event to win. I don't know why. How's it different from Well, no. Events? I mean, in golf. In golf. Like in yeah. golf, the Masters. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it should be. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move on to the Tour Challenge. This one, of course, has the main draw and then the other draw for the teams that are like the next 15 invites. So last time they did it, it was 15 teams in the main, 15 teams in the, the B side. I don't even know what they call it, uh, but let's call it the B side. I'm getting rid of that. I'm still keeping the 30 teams, but I'm getting rid of the A and the B draw. And again, I'm leaning into the challenge side of this, Scott. Not the TV show, but I guess that would be fun too. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to have now the 30 teams, men's and women's. I'm going to combine the two draws into five groups of six. Here's where I think it gets fun, though, is the top five ranked teams in men's and women's get together and they have a draft to pick the pools that they want. So they are essentially challenging the five other teams in their pool. You turn this into a little bit of a, either TV show or a social media, something you really Mm. gin it up that you can have these teams basically saying, this is who I want uh, here and who I don't want to play in my pool. So we have that the day before the event starts. That's how the pools are drafted. And then in the playoffs, say I'm, I'm cool. We'll go to the eight teams here for quarterfinals down. But when we get to the quarterfinals, the team that finished first overall picks who they want to play. The Ooh, team who yes. finished second gets to pick. So, and then we do that again in the semifinals uh, that whoever's the top ranked team left picks their opponent. So you really lean into this challenge idea and you mm. kind of maybe gin up a little bit of the rivalries potentially or see who's going to duck who maybe. Uh, that That's the idea here that you just, this one is more about generating more engagement, more social media stuff uh, and and sort of the, the shoulder programming type of thing around this event while also bringing in that tier two. Oh, that's what they call it. The tier two, uh, the tier two folks yeah. into the main draw. Okay. Okay. Uh, I really like this. I, I think Pete Stetsky is going to have a, a fun time emceeing that, uh, <laughs> that pick your, that draw, uh, pick your pool kind of thing. I do wonder if there's maybe going to be not enough good competition games. If you make it an entire field of 30, uh, without splitting the event in two. It's my only pushback. Right. May, maybe. Like, it certainly potentially would be an option or, or something that could happen as a result. But, okay. 
And then, and then I guess, well, the other thing is the logistics of it, right? You've got to have two venues. Yeah, but they do that anyway already. They do, uh, but they have all the tier two games are at a tier two venue, shall I say? Yeah. Well, what they've done in the past, I think when it was in the Sioux, and someone correct me if I'm wrong on this, it was either the Sioux or Thunder Bay, where basically it was an arena that had two sides, like, or two arenas that had like a central. Right, so you could you could do that, and yeah, one side is the TV side, uh, and one yeah. side isn't the TV side. So you you have a venue like that. I think it could still work, uh, and you just ensure that one, like everyone plays here, so you're going to play five games. So it's slightly mixed between the two. I, I still think it could work that because they have the two venues anyway for this event. Uh, I don't see that as a yeah. huge logistical issue. Okay. Okay. You've answered right. my concerns. Yeah, I, I love the challenge idea. That's yeah. great. Let's challenge each other. All right. Now, next up on the schedule is the Open, formerly the Canadian Open, now just the Open. Scott, I'm going to make this an Open event. Uh, hey. <laughs> right? So the way I would do this is you're going to take 18 teams. Men's and women's are going to qualify for it. I'll say the top nine teams in the world get the automatic invite. If someone says no, it goes down to the next team. On the list, everybody else, the other half of the field, qualifies. Now, I've gone back and forth on how the qualifiers could look. Uh, is it qualifying through certain events? Is it qualifying? No. We're having actually open qualifiers that anybody can sign up for. So I would run. This is where it gets expensive. Okay. You have one qualifier in the United States. One qualif- or two qualifier events each in Asia and Europe, in obviously different places, and three mm-hmm. qualifying events in Canada. And that gets you to the, uh, excuse me, uh, four qualifying events in Canada. And that gets you to the nine additional qualifiers. Okay. Okay. So run that back for me again, Sean. You're going to have nine additional qualifiers in, in addition to the 15 teams that we already have? No, nine teams, the top nine in the world automatically qualify. Okay. And then Plus the nine next qualifiers. nine spots. So we're going to have eight teams. We're going to have three pools of six here within yep. the event itself. And we're going to have nine additional qualifiers coming out of these events. I like this. I like this. Um, I think you should be able to run these qualifiers at any kind of curling club. Uh, it doesn't yeah. need to be at an arena. I, and the idea that anyone can enter is great. I, I would make the fee substantial for this to avoid having, you know, our team uh, just put in (laughs) for it because then it can get a little unwieldy with so many teams wanting to enter. But if you set it at like a a $2,000 entry fee or something or $2,500, I think you'll still get the, the teams that knowing they can go there, win one game and get that money back uh, makes sense. Yeah, that might be a little high. I might put it at like a thousand because then you get like the the guys who play some events on tour but don't play a lot or aren't really normally aiming at a slam. But hey, maybe here's a chance to just go try for it. Maybe that that price range. I don't want it to only be the teams that could reasonably make it to a grand slam who would put in. And I want some right. other teams around. Right. Yeah, that's so, that's fair. Well, so yeah. we'll have to figure out what that number is. What's that magic number? But yeah, whatever that magic number is. Yeah, um, I like it though. 
All right, then we go through the season of champions, the world championships, the national championships here in Canada, at least. And then we get to the two last events on the Grand Slam schedule. That would be first up the players championship. Scott, uh, I'm not going to do too much to this one because it is the players event. So this is one if the players have strong thoughts, I would just let the players do whatever they want here a little bit. But here's what I might suggest for the players championship. Uh, I would have, I, I would just do top 15 here. I wouldn't change the qualifying format for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't mess with that. But the defending champion of the players championship gets to pick one rule that is in play for the week. So whether that is potentially a six rock rule, a no tick rule, leads aren't allowed to throw. I don't know. The defending champion gets to decide on one rule. The other thing I would do or suggest for this is have it be a skins event and have it just be like straight cash, homie. Like this is, this is for the players. Mm -hmm. They're doing these things largely for the money. Uh, right. It, it is a, a the slams are a significant revenue source for a lot of the top teams. So let's sort of yeah. make that even more transparent and just have each game be essentially a cash game on skins. I like this. I, I like this a lot. Skins had to be a part of this, Sean. Uh, has to be a part of the Grand Slam. It's fun to watch. It's interesting. Uh, you don't get blank ends when you're playing for skins. It's or shorter games. Skill. Either. Yeah, skills required. It's just it's just all around great. Yeah. And uh making it the players is a really good idea because like you say, this is the the financial arm is, is the grand slam and having the ability to win big money at skins uh yeah. I think would be a very appealing to the players. Yeah, and especially at that time of year too, I, I think for fans when we look at the the last few events after the world championship is like what kind of keeps us interested what kind of what sort of hooks us and yeah. seeing cash on the board maybe makes that more interesting rather than just oh, like yeah. here's here's the team that won the world championship and a bunch of teams that didn't just win the world championship uh yay right like maybe that just adds another layer for the fans to be like hey like this is a this is a $1500 draw right here in the second end like that's a lot of money right so yeah it's it it is definitely uh, different. It makes it different yeah. than every other event. Yeah. And again, since it's after the world championship, I'm, I feel a little better making it the skins. Like, cause now we're into kind of the fun part of the schedule, the fun season. Uh, so yeah, let's have it there. Let's do it. I like it. All right. And last up the champions cup, which uh, let's get this back in April, please. But let's uh talk about what it's going to be the champions cup is the one that i would do the least to to be honest mm-hmm. i like it i like that it has the the asia pacific uh, or the pacific asia champion has the european champion is automatically and although that person would probably be there anyway world junior champion like i like that you have all these different teams that can qualify different ways to qualify so i would not change anything about the champions cup except if there is a team that wins two qualifying events, nobody else gets that spot. Hmm. We're not going down to. I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not going to say an event. I don't want to insult any specific event, but we're not going down to, you know, the, the an event that 
I potentially might have shown up in, right? right. That, that, like, we're not doing that. I don't want the Gordy Perry winner there. I'll insult the Gordy Perry. The Gordy Perry winner should not be able to get into the Champions Cup, which I know is not possible right now. But just go with, here's the the, the teams that won this these specific events and figure out whatever your mm-hmm. criteria is. So what if there's multiple winners? That just adjusts your schedule a little bit. Maybe it's an extra game in a round robin, potentially. Like, who cares? Uh, but that's the only thing I would make. If it's going to be the Champions Cup, here are the events that you have to win to get into it. So that's the only thing I would change. I know that that one's not feasible. That's never going to happen. But out of yeah. all of them, I think the Champions Cup is the one that is the most honest in its name and the one that is kind of the most interesting that actually does differentiate itself already from the rest of them. Yeah, and you get uh, some teams that you don't see all the time mm-hmm. uh, in this event. And you know, like you said, it's at the end of the year if we want to stay engaged with, with curling. Yeah. Like let's make it truly champions only. And it should say this team won whatever to get into this event. You're right. It's never going to happen, but it would be pretty cool to see like Carrie Anderson, just show up and walk over the entire field because nobody else won anything. She's right. the only one. And she's just like, well, welcome. I'm here to take uh, all my money and the cup, please. Thank you very much. If Carrie Anderson finds out or figures out a way to win the Pacific Asia, I know it's not an event anymore, but finds a way to win. I guess she could win now the, whatever they're calling the intercontinental, the transcontinental one. Yeah, uh, yeah. But if she finds a way to win the Euros, if she finds a way to win the World Juniors, good for her. Like she's, uh, yeah, she will have deserved it. Uh, right. Like <laughs> you will, Definitely. you will kind of by default have at least four teams. If there's, you will. You'll yeah. have at least that. Um, so, you know, there's never an issue of not having enough teams. And again, if you pick events that, I mean, you'd pick all the slams, there's qualifier events, the world championship is a qualifier event, Scotties, Briar, Europeans, whatever the, the transcontinental events, uh, the US champion automatically gets in. If there's enough mm-hmm. events there that you're going to at least have eight teams every year and, and certainly more if you don't want to stretch your, and you could go to uh, one of the stew cells. Sure. The, what is that? The autumn events, the, out, out west, yeah. Uh, the, uh, whatever that's Oakville the autumn gold or something. Or... Yeah. Like there, there's enough events on tour that you could have, you could have the, the Basil masters uh, as an event, like Bodden. you could just bought masters. excuse me. Like you can have enough to keep it interesting. So, yeah, I but think, like I, I said, think you could. Yeah, but but like I say, I mean that's the one I would do the least too. So those are my ideas for the slams. So again, leaning into the name, so the national becomes really a national event with the Paralympic and Olympic disciplines. The Masters mm-hmm. becomes the hardest to win. The challenge is really becomes like a social media like chirp fest uh, where we have more teams involved in the main draw. The Open becomes an Open. The players is all about the cash. And the Champions Cup remains largely what it is. So that's my idea, Scott, to give each of these events a little more identity and personality. Yeah, I really like these ideas, Sean. Uh, let's package this uh, this episode up, send it off to the Grand Slam <laughs> Curling, and and just see what happens, right? Uh, yeah. Why not? It, the Grand Slam has been around for 20 years now. Uh, it's I, I don't know what the TV numbers are like, but from talking with other curling fans, they do suffer from a sameness. Every event is the same. You get 
two wins, you're guaranteed a tiebreaker. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just which is which. Who cares? It's a lot of who cares, and yeah. I think that these ideas to differentiate it adds a bit more of the why we should care. Yeah, and I think really there's a gulf between the players and the fans in these events. I think if you go to the events, they're, they're well run. The people who go really enjoy them. Uh, the players mm-hmm. are accessible. They like them, but in terms of what they mean, the players certainly value them as prestigious events that mean a lot to them when they mean them. There's no question about that, but yeah. for the fans, you know, it's clear what it means when you win the euros, uh, the Pacific Asians, the, the Briar, the Scotty, certainly the world championship, it's clear what those things mean. It's not as clear as a fan what it means to win the uh, any event on a Grand Slam. And I have no idea why they distinguish a major from a not major and what the difference between those things is. Uh, so, yeah. you know, just, just to make it more clear here uh, as to, you know, you won this type of event, this is what it means. Like, just give it some sort of... And then it's also easier to remember who won what, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right? So the, like, you know, you, you say it means a lot to the players. I remember Matt Dunstone crying when yeah. he won the the national. Maybe he did. I I don't know yeah. which one he won. So no. I remember him crying, but like because the events are all the same. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give give us as the fans a reason to care about it as much as the players. Maybe exactly. not as much, but like more like, like that right now it feels like such an imbalance on how much the fans care about it versus how much the players care about it. That needs to be more imbalanced. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to bring the players down at all. It means to bring the fans more up uh, bring towards the up. where the yeah. players are. And, and you can see it a little bit for all the problems that there are that exist with the national championships in this country. And certainly it's been talked about to death and there are issues with the national championships in this country fans go and you know fans will wear the their provincial stuff you see the flags you see people yell out yeah. uh, you know it means something to the people uh, who are in the stands and yes there may be fewer people now than there used to be uh, but there there is some meaning there uh, or some attachment to it and just let's create that with the slams because uh, right now i don't think anyone's like hey like time for the masters they are so i wait oh, all excited? year wait all year for the masters right like let, let's create that though uh, and that's yeah. really what we're trying to do with this one. So if you like these ideas, let us know. If you hate the ideas, also let us know. Maybe do it nicely, though. Uh, but certainly yeah. do reach out. Uh, let us know what you think of these ideas or if you have any other ideas for what you might want to see incorporated into the Grand Slams. I think one of the greatest strengths of the Slams is that they have the ability to be flexible, whether it's in format, whether it's in rules. Remember, the Five Rock rule comes out of the Slams. So yeah. they have the flexibility to try things that we might want to see more regularly in the events governed by the World Curling Federation. So let's see what we can get. Uh, let's maybe brainstorm ideas and uh, see what we can do with the Grand Slam. So you can find us and reach out. Let us know what you think at Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter, Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. Facebook is Game of Stones Pod, Game of Stones Podcast as well. So you can follow along with everything we got going on there and of course if you want more fun summer content like this follow along wherever it is you get your podcast do likes rating comments all that fun stuff helps other people find the show and of course you can visit us gameofstonespod.com all the past episodes are available plus under the merch tab we got the t-shirts hoodies toques all that great stuff uh, proceeds from the t-shirts to food banks canada 
proceeds from everything else to Sandra Schmirler Foundation. We, of course, match those. I did uh, a little donation last week or 10 days ago, whenever it was. Uh, so we are fully up to date on the matching. Uh, so if you want to get in there and get some more stuff, uh, please do. We always uh, like sending off those donations. So that will do it for this week. Scott, you said you were traveling. Are you settled? Are you back into Eastern time yet? Yeah, back in the uh, back in the time zone, back in the saddle, uh, feeling good, uh, working hard. Good yeah. stuff. Well, keep it up, buddy. Uh, and Thanks, uh, we hope everyone is doing well. Certainly we had the storms here uh, in Ontario and uh, some uh, difficult pictures to look at uh, all the way from just uh, north of Toronto up here to where we are here in the Ottawa Valley and into Quebec. So hope everyone is doing as well as possible. Uh, under the circumstances and uh, sending our best to all the folks out there. So uh, with that, we thank you all for listening. We'll be back with you again next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.